This episode of Solutions in Senior Health is brought to you by Home Care Solutions in Pensacola, Florida. When you know someone who has Alzheimer's disease, you might notice big changes in how they act in the late afternoon and early evening. Doctors call it sundowning or sundown syndrome. The fading light seems to be the trigger. The the symptoms can get worse as the night goes on, and usually by the morning time, they're a lot better. And although you might not be able to make it stop completely, there are some steps you can take to help manage this challenging time of day so your loved one will be more relaxed and you will be relaxed in turn. Welcome to the Solutions in Senior Health podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about sundowning. Uh, I know that personally, for me and my grandmother's last few months, she was experiencing some pretty daunting experiences with uh, with sundowning. And it seemed like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, even mm-hmm. even when it wasn't dark, it's when some of the symptoms would start. Yeah, uh, and that's, that's how it happens. And if you're not familiar with it and you've not ever seen it before, you're like, what is going on? You know, because they, they do seem to sort of come alive and at that time of day and start acting out and having behaviors that are undesirable. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but there's a lot of things that you can do to combat them and, uh, you know, try to treat them. I noticed that my mother-in-law in the late afternoon, we didn't have any clue what it was until much later. She would experience uh, hallucinations or visions in her home. Mm. Uh, she would think people were coming through the windows and the walls right at at nighttime when it first got dark and she would just swear they were there in her house and they were taking food out of her refrigerator and stealing her undergarments. I mean, she just was emphatic that that was going on. And that was the first time I actually saw that and didn't know what it was called at the time. I think a lot of people, I think that that's a symptom a lot of people exhibit too, is thinking people are coming in the house as it's getting dark. And back before they knew what it was, they thought they were just scared of the dark. Right. Getting scared of the dark, they're older and, and they're afraid. When my grandmother was experiencing sundowners, she, she would always sit in the same chair in the living room as she always has for decades. But she'd normally watch television at kind of like an angle. And the television was always right next to the front door so that anybody that came in, she would see. Well, when she was starting to have those sundowning symptom. I I would be sitting with her or, or another family member would be sitting with her. She'd just start talking to someone that wasn't there. And we'd ask her who she's talking to and she'd say, you know, she would describe the people and it would be a family of people, uh, a mother, a, a father. But not that kids. she necessarily knew. Not that she, she didn't know who they were. <clears throat> and, you know, that for me, that really scared me, and especially yeah. for my younger cousins, that it scared them too. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh, is the house yeah. haunted? Yeah. Because you trust yeah. You're elder, you trust them, mm-hmm. you know, and so to see that happen, it's not it's not only like scary for you, but it's scary to think that here's this strong person that yeah. has always had it together, and now they're seeing things, and <laughs> no matter what you try to do to explain it away, it, it it's there. Yeah. They're seeing it. And you're, and you're not. You really, Very couldn't talk, you're not, you really couldn't talk them out of it. You, no. I couldn't talk Mm-mm. my grandmother out of it, even though we would go through the house and show her everything was still there. She would still think that that was, that it was still going on. Mm-hmm. So, hallucinations are just one symptom of sundowners. 
I'm sure it's different for a lot of people, but some of the symptoms can include just being agitated for no reason, upset, anxious, mm -hmm. uh, restless, not, not being able to sleep at night, getting up all times in the night because you're worried about something mm -hmm. or you think that someone's in the house. Uh, being irritable when they're not normally irritable, confusion, disorientation, suspicious, like you mentioned, Sharon, and being demanding. Mm -hmm. and, and that's especially jarring for children or grandchildren of someone that's experiencing that, especially if you're not the person living with the person experiencing sundowning. Mm -hmm. If you're just visiting and you're not seeing what's happening at night, and here you are at four o'clock waiting to have dinner with your family at your grandmother's yeah. house, yeah. <laughs> you know. All of a sudden, grandma starts yelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she starts yelling. <laughs> or seeing things. Yeah. Um, and, and so even as jarring and disheartening it is for us, it's just as distressing for them mm -hmm. because in their minds, those things are real. Right. You will also catch them wondering. I've had several of our clients who say that their family members will want to take a walk at 1030 at night yeah. outside. Because That's when they typically escape if yeah, they want to. Yeah, they, they have no concern about whether it's dark outside or not. It's just time for them to have their walk. Yeah. And they will walk. And that's when, if that's going on, I always tell the clients to notify the police so the police will know if you don't catch them in time. And the neighbors notify the neighbors that if somebody is is Sally's over walking at 4 o'clock in the morning, that don't shoot them because it's grandma and she yeah. doesn't know what she's doing. And so especially, to too, alert. as um, mm -hmm. winter starts to come. They get out in the winter, they can get lost in the cold temperatures and um, really get into big trouble. Yeah. yeah. That, I, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of times that's what will get a silver alert mm -hmm. about. Um, and, and when elderly people go missing, it, it's not always in the middle of the night, mm -mm. you know, it's, yeah. it's when you would expect them to be just sitting at home where they normally are. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, doctors aren't really sure about what causes sundowners. I've read that some think it's about your body clock. You know, of course, you know, when you're getting sleepy and it's time to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. So you start to dream mm -hmm. after you're asleep. Well, that can become out of whack in your later years. And so some people think that maybe that might be the cause of it, maybe being too tired or hungry or an infection. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I guess having sleep problems is one of the biggest connectors I, I can see, at least from our grandmother, because she was up all night and then she'd nap in the day. So that cycle of waking up and going to sleep mm -hmm. and waking up and going to sleep. Was she like that before Alzheimer's? No, I mean, she would maybe get up once in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm but not for a long time. Yeah. So as far as I can remember, she and my grandfather would wake up at like 5.30 in the morning, make coffee, breakfast, and then start the day at nine. Mm -hmm. That's what you do, Sharon? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I do. <laughs> that's what I do too, but I don't go to sleep <laughs> at night. At nine? Yeah. No, I'm up till one. I, yeah, I, I'm the same. I'm one. already having those sleep issues. Oh, and then yeah. go to sleep at one, up at six. But that, I think that's some, just some people's, some people can function that way. Yeah. Not everyone needs the same amount of sleep. You know, there's not always eight hours. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so don't take my advice on that. But <laughs> We're going to. <laughs> I'll blame it on concerns, you. Yeah. Call Jenny. <laughs> well, there's some things you can do to combat some of these activities that they'll start to experience if they're having sundowners. And one of them is to limit 
the amount of naps that you allow them to take during the day. You know, maybe one rest period during the day is enough. Mm-hmm. And along with that, uh, have them have some mild activity, not anything real strenuous, but just something like a short walk or yeah. some ageless grace or, you know, anything like that so that they'll start, maybe start to Get notice tired. what time it yeah. is and yeah. that they are tired and actually have a, yeah. a regular circadian rhythm come back yeah. at least a little bit. Yeah, I wonder how much that helps. Actually getting your elderly loved one out of the house, they can see that it's daytime. Right. It's not just like the shadow up from the trees around the house that make it seem darker. I think it would help a lot. I mean, it makes them know that there's day and night. Yeah. If you're sitting in the same house day after day after day in your same well, chair. Besides, what do you call you it? Know? Could you call it cabin fever? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it could. that would be enough to make anybody crazy yeah. and, they, and act have, out. So have done yeah. that for decades. Yeah. The same spot. Right. Yeah. You know, and they, never move, especially as they get older. That's just, it's not good. Right. Go outside, go to the mall, go for a walk. Yeah, do go get some ice cream. Do know? something at two o'clock that will encompass four o'clock, like mm-hmm. go, go to the mall, go get ice cream, go to the park when the weather's permissible. Any of those things, go see a family member, go see grandchildren if they're in the area. Do something so when they get home, they really are beginning to feel tired. Right. Mm-hmm. Because as you age, most of us go to bed a little earlier. Mm-hmm. So we'll go to bed, but we'll actually go to bed and go to sleep because we're tired. Right. The other thing I was told by someone one time is about 2 o'clock, put some lights on in the house because if they start about dusk feeling anxious and irritable and experiencing some hallucinations, if if you start turning the lights on around dark, Mm -hmm. it doesn't make a difference. But if you turn them on and they've been on a while, because I've suggested this with three, two or three clients, and they say, well, I turn the lights on about 4 o'clock, and then they get mad and go over and turn them off. Mm-hmm. But if they've been on a while, they don't quite make the connection yeah. and make a bright spot in the home for them so they can sit there if they need to and know that it's it's better for them to have light in the house yeah. until you do get them tired and they'll go to sleep. And, you know, too, a lot of people with Alzheimer's do live much of their spend a lot of their time alone. Mm-hmm. And if they have other members, other family members, and they're just coming home from work at night, that that person may have sat in that chair all day with no lights on. Right. And so you're, the family members come home at 6 o'clock, you know, and they're finally turning on some lights, and it's too late. They're yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right, Jenny. Yeah, that so, would really be true, yeah. Studies have proven that as you age, you require more light mm-hmm. to see and to function. And we know that light, having some light, makes you feel better. Yeah. So I, I've recently seen a lot of these smart lights that you can set to age. Like if you have a smart speaker or something like that, a a hub that's controlling your lights in your house, I mean, you don't have to be young to have this. Like you can set this up for your grandparents or whatever, but they will adjust for the time of day to make it the same even brightness and set it on a timer to where when it's time to go to bed, it'll just start to fade lower, lower, time to go to bed. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So your reading light is the same same brightness from morning until evening. Mm-hmm. And that, that might be able to help, having mm-hmm. something like that. Of mm-hmm. course, that's that's very new, but they're, they're selling them. Mm-hmm. Huh, I wonder that if facilities have those in place in the memory units. I bet not yet. Probably anyway. not yet. Also, if they're anxious, I read somewhere that um, you calm them by 
giving them a hug, patting their shoulder, and trying to make them relax because some folks will pace uh, because they're confused and, they're, and they pace, so you'll want to try to figure out a way to settle them down. Mm-hmm. I have one client who says her dad is that way, and she's she he starts to pace, and she, so she, she gets right there by him and says, can I walk with you? Mm-hmm. And so that... After, that calms him down. That calms him down. It kind of, she said, a little for a minute or two, it annoys him because yeah. he's thinking he's supposed to do this. He wants to do this by himself, and then almost she says she thinks it's, he will quit because he's had enough of it, because she's right there at him and mm. they're walking together, <laughs> and so he will settle right back down somewhere in the home, in the home and not be pacing anymore. Yeah. I, I guess it's pretty important for us to not lose our cool too. Mm-hmm. It can, like I said earlier, it can be confusing and jarring for us. So if we stay calm. That promotes calmness within them as well. At least you hope so. It, it can't hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, just doing some some other reading, it says that, um, again, music, turning on some music and yeah, making a quiet that. place mm-hmm. with some little background music mm-hmm. may help them calm down and, and yeah. be more relaxed. And if uh, that's not working, to have them do something that they would have usually done at that time of day, like setting the table for dinner or washing the dishes or, you know, things like that to yeah to make them have that, that sense of routine again. That's a good idea. Give them back that routine. Because sometimes when you get a little older, I wish somebody would take some of my routine away mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and do it for me. But, yeah. you know, having that routine come back to them instead of doing it for them, mm-hmm. that's a great idea, Jenny. Yeah. Okay, so we, we've spoken about how to take care of our loved one. But if you're the primary caregiver for someone that's experiencing sundowning, you, you need to take care of yourself too. And I think that can apply to a lot of times when we're the primary caregiver with anyone experiencing dementia or Alzheimer's or for, if we're just caring for a parent, mm-hmm. even if they're, they're not experiencing any uh, cognitive disorders. But it, it's good for us to get out and, and maybe have someone pick it up for us a, a day or two a week so that we're not constantly dealing with the stress of, right. of caretaking and we can be refreshed when we come back from personal experience I, I wasn't a caregiver but my aunt and my mother both were for my for my grandmother and for the first I'd say couple months when my grandmother was experiencing sundowning you could tell it was wearing down on my aunt. I mean, she lived with her, mm-hmm. so and, and she lived with her her entire life. So it felt only natural that she would get back. And right. You can't do that every single day. You can't. Have a life. It's it's so important for a caregiver of any sort to get away and take a break. If you don't, then you're going to eventually lose it, mm-hmm. and you're going to get cranky and irritable with your loved one, yeah. and then you're going to feel bad. Right. So. And, and for your own your own well-being. self, yeah, well-being, uh, you've got to take a break. And sometimes we find in this industry, if they have a family member taking care of them, in fact, this happened not too long ago with a new client, her caregiver passed away mm-hmm. before she did. Mm. And, and that, ha- that happens frequently. Yeah. The caregivers get sick yeah. and uh, pass away before the sick person does. And that, I mean, that's just, it happens a lot. They've spent so much of their time and concentration taking care of that person that they've more or less neglected themselves and not done what they needed to do to stay healthy. Right. You know, they'll miss doctor's appointments. They'll yeah. not eat, mm-hmm. not take a vacation, not do all those things that you need to do for your own self-preservation. Yeah, that's yeah. detrimental to your health. It is. 
So the ways that you can alleviate some of that stress for yourself and to help take care of yourself is to ask a friend or a relative to fill in for you a couple times a week or get a home health care service. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to do it every single day. You just need enough time for yourself to, to recharge and, and to come back without resentment. Correct. Just You just need a few hours away from the situation, being able to leave the situation, knowing that you're leaving somebody there that you trust. And the, uh, and all caregivers know about dementia and Alzheimer's and are trained on how to help with those uh, situations. And sometimes when you get a new face in a room with somebody that has some cognitive issues, it's kind of refreshing mm-hmm. for that person. They like that yeah. new face. They might want to tell stories. We do journaling um, with our caregivers and our clients. So That's we true. Can tell sto- we can ask them to tell stories because sometimes their short-term memory is worse than their long-term. And right. so they might remember going to high school and their first boyfriend or whatever the subject may arise, and we can write it down for them. Yeah, that would be a really good way, I think, to help distract from the fact that it's getting dark. Right. Or they're getting tired. You get them, like you said, keep them active, get them out, and keep activities going. Mm-hmm. So, And that would be a great activity if you just sat down with the journaling. And we spoke about that last podcast. I just want to encourage everyone to, if you're curious about some ways to help subside some of the stress and anxiety around sundowners, there's a lot of information online. And as we learn more about it and as new research comes out of course we'll update on our podcast about those things but just if you're having some issues with your loved one and sundowners just do some research mm-hmm. i mean there's there's so much stuff out there that you can learn all right thank you so much for joining us for solutions in senior health is there anything anyone wants to plug i'll go ahead and plug go ahead <laughs> i'll go ahead and plug that every second tuesday of every month we have the Dementia Education Forum. Uh, it, it's a group where everyone comes together. Uh, we have a, a speaker every month that is specializing in some area of elder care or research, whether it be dementia, Alzheimer's, like this next month we're doing sundowners. Um, and it gives everyone an opportunity to, to discuss this together. And that's in Pensacola. So if you're in this area, it's worth checking out. And even if you're not so close and you can drive an hour or so every it's worth it. Every second yeah, every second Tuesday. It it's worth it. Because you don't feel like you're by yourself. So sometimes you've got a loved one in your home and we have quite a few husbands and wives who come because their spouse has dementia or Alzheimer's and they just feel like they're in that house all by themselves Mm -hmm. and nobody has this condition but them right so to actually be introduced to other people that have the same things going on or even worse and you can figure out a way to handle those with some help from the experts Mm -hmm. come to this meeting for a few times and uh you'll make friends and yeah it's almost like getting a hug yep (laughs) And, and if you're not in the Pensacola area, if you're far away, I encourage you to kind of check out and see what other kind of uh, dementia education forums or uh, support groups that are in your area. I, I guarantee you there are enough people dealing with the same thing that you are that you'll find a group. Absolutely. October is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. There's lots of activities going around, going on and surrounding that whole month. So wherever you are, look for... Look for something to do that you can help out uh, to help raise money 
to End Alzheimer's. Yep. One of the big events surrounding Alzheimer's Awareness Month is the Walk to End Alzheimer's. Uh, it is a huge fundraising opportunity that seriously benefits Alzheimer's research. So you know where the money's going. And if you're a caregiver or you have a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's, that's a great reason to be involved with this. Mm-hmm. I, I heard today that, and this is just a tagline, but the first person to be cured of Alzheimer's is alive today. They're, they're working hard to find a cure. I think they're getting pretty close. I've seen, I really do. I get more information every day from uh, people in other countries who are doing a lot mm-hmm. more research than we are. Yeah. So, yeah, let's raise enough money so we can find it right here. And it is going up by 300% in the next 20 years. Yeah, so that's why that We've research got, we're gonna find and a that cure. money is so important. So join a team if you are in the area. Join our team, and let's, let's help cure Alzheimer's. And I have a quote for us as we end this podcast today. I share this with my seniors in my Ageless Grace classes. Do what makes you happy. Be with who makes you smile. Laugh as long as you breathe. And love as long as you live. (laughs) 